Good morning, <laughs> coffee moaners. Look who I found. <laughs> I missed you. Oh, we missed you too. Are you going to do me? I am, yeah. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Uh, uh, welcome. If you're listening on podcasts, welcome to Coffee Moaning. Sorry, we had a few issues with some of the last two episodes of Coffee Moaning uploading. They went to draft and then they didn't, didn't appear. So apologies if they didn't pop up at exactly the right time. Um, how are we all? What day is it? Thursday. Fantastic. Um, so we are going to be passing through. Obviously, we're going to be briefly talking about... Um, oh, oh, wow. The heavens, the heavens have just opened. Oh, quite God, literally. I'm worrying about all the things in the garden that shouldn't be in the garden. What, like... All sorts Plants. Of I'm loving it because of everything that oh is in the garden God. that should be in the garden that's being fed. Um, obviously, we're going to touch upon the Israel-Palestine crisis, but we're not going to spend an overly heavy amount of time on that. We, we, I feel like I've talked quite exhaustively about it for the past two days, so we'll touch upon that. We're going to be talking about the big brother gay slur, using the term gay in a sort of insulting way or a colloquial way we're going to be talking about that but it'd be nice because we're going to do it in a different way to mm. everybody else because of mark because of mark's experience um and and that wasn't because i was the only gay in the village <laughs> um adele getting sober she's been sober for three and a half months and what i think is really interesting about this is her saying it's really fucking boring <laughs> uh and nadia's going to talk about we, we missed menopause day was it national international menopause yes day? Yeah, was it oh, right yesterday um, and obviously earlier in the week I touched upon testosterone. That's what we use the word touch. Uh, but of course we thought... Touch me. Is that testosterone there? I want to be dirty. Wow. That's the stuff I put on my toothbrush. What would have happened if I'd cleaned my teeth with it? God only knows. You'd have got muscles, you'd have got a boner. I'd have been talking total bollocks. I just don't know where they come from, but they just keep on coming. So, yeah, so those are our topics for the day. Um, and also, also, just at the end, a very interesting story. Well, really traumatic story. It's not an Anne Finely, because it's not like, make your heart sing. But it's like, oh, my God, arresting in an arresting way. You're not going to believe the story I've got for you later. So, um, so there you go. Um, so. How are we doing? So How tell us it? about your How break. How was it? How much did you miss me? Can I say I've got an awful lot more done than I ever do when you're here? Do you know what? It's really important for couples to have time apart. Yeah, and I, I, I sense that, you know, it was nice seeing really that you were you. away. It was, it was... I really missed you. I missed doing this. I missed the girls. I missed the house. I missed the dog. I really missed everybody. Well, we missed you too. Yeah. We absolutely did miss you. Yeah. But I'd be lying if I didn't say that. I think what happens for both of us, we stress each other out. And to not have that stress was quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. Which, oh God, it's Christos's birthday. Oh my God. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Christos. Happy birthday to you. I wish we'd effing known a little bit sooner. Oh, happy birthday, honey. Natasha. You can oh. give her the old... These, these <clears throat> are friends of ours. They have... The most beautiful baby you have ever seen. I'm obsessed with their baby. Um, and uh, they're a lovely couple. So happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Hope you have a good day. Um, so here we are. Here we are once again. Having all missed each other. Everyone keeps asking me about the spa. So what yes. I would say is... So say what you do. It was... It was... We had a lovely time. But I literally despair about this country. Right. Because we could have got to Mexico 
for the time that it took us to get there. We so did vlog some of it. It was quite dramatic trying was, to get there, wasn't it? It took us all day. They were only going to Brixton. To get there, <laughs> right? It should have taken two hours. Points, failures, traffic jams, everything. So by the time I got there, because we'd been, then we had to get a car in the car us, I had the worst back I've had in a long, long time. In fact, Thanks, do you remember? May. Thanks, May. May says, I, I look so well too, even though I've it not does. been to a spa. It looks really well. <laughs> May, come over for coffee. Do you remember ages and ages ago when I went to Ibiza with all the women from Loose Women? And I had that terrible Which back time? and I couldn't move for the first two days. Oh, ages ago. No. Exactly the same thing happened. Oh, so no. I spent the first, I was going to go to that? all the yoga classes I was going to do. Couldn't do anything. I couldn't maybe, do anything because of my back. Maybe your back really misses us, and so it sort of it <laughs> it puts up a protest. It was so annoying. I didn't really say anything about it on the vlog because I didn't want to be moaning on, you know. But it was really, really painful. So for two nights as well, I hardly had any sleep because every time I moved, the pain was terrible. And because we're in the middle of nowhere, and it's the first time I've been away ever in my life without painkillers. I had no painkillers. Oh, no. So, yeah, so it was... <laughs> Tony Dunsford says you need steroid injections. No, oh, well, I'm all right now. It's much better now. I did hours and hours of stretching out the psoas muscle. That muscle, that's what was wrong. Yeah, what, what, what muscle? But we were there to, like, <laughs> review and Dina and I to taste their new menu. And the food taste was the menu. You know, if you have a steroid... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. And we took our parents. Well, and her boy parents, mom, mine. Haven't they got a treat with what's that, coming you, in the vlog? You've got one of the oddest images... You could ever hope but to conjure it in your art, in your lives. On our Instagram later. Today. When I first saw it, so a myriad of questions emerged. I just have to get my mum and dad's places. permission. I'm sure they're going to be fine with me showing it, but I just have to get their permission if they say I could show it to you. Just wow. brilliant. Watch out tonight. <laughs> Most importantly, though, did your did your? I mean, I know your mum's well into that kind of spa sort of thing. She likes a bit of pampering and looking after. But did your dad have a chance to relax? See, my dad yeah. got really ill oh. one night, which was awful. We had to call the doctor, so that's bad. And it was oh. it was, and then so he was very ill for one of the days. And then of course, um, my parents were supposed to be going to Jordan next week, and then that night was the dreadful strike on the hospital in Gaza and mm -hmm. um, we were all really distraught. You know, we were seeing the pictures of uh, in Amman, where my father's from, because you know, Jordan borders the West Bank uh, side of Israel. And there were, you know, we have huge amounts of family out there and, and, and our girls were messaging me and they were really upset by what they were seeing and, um, yeah, so that was a bit of a sleepless night as well because just the nightmare of being morning, in a actually, hospital, morning, the nightmare of being in a hospital, mm -hmm. and then it's bombed. And then the images that we are seeing that obviously isn't out there on the media, but yeah, I mean, we, we are absolutely devastated. Our heart is just aching for the that region and the suffering that is going on. <clears throat> it, it's, it's just it's just awful and, you know, yeah. So that was a very difficult day that day. We were mm. all very tearful and... It'll be, I mean, I think the thing to, to remember, and I think this is the, you know, what's really important here before anyone sort of gets sort of funny about where one's focus lies. I've talked on every single morning, we've talked about the Israel-Palestine yeah, crisis. Absolutely. One can't forever in one sentence stick on both sides of the equation. You have to bounce between the two. And I think 
you know, an absolute given, as, as lots of people have likened the attack on Israel to, you know, 9-11, you know, Israel was attacked, it was a terrorist act, it's appalling, you know, images and footage and discoveries are still being made about the, the, the absolutely atrocious uh, things that happened to and those poor Israeli civilians. We focused on that part. And we still do. We still do, you know, and it's still, there's, there's still an equivalence. There's yeah. a total equivalence between civilian loss of life. To me, it is no different when I see an innocent Israeli civilian mm. and I see an innocent Palestinian. There are many, many, many Israelis that want this to end. Well, interestingly... They want this warring. They want to live in peace. 75 years ago, everybody lived in peace in, that, in, in, in Palestine, you know. So, you know, there was no, you know, the Arabs, the Jews, they all lived together. And many Israelis still want that. So it breaks my heart. I just... I just cannot bear seeing innocent these innocent people terrified out of their minds. I think, and it was just a very hard day for us. Yeah, a bit, yeah, absolutely. And it was weird seeing, it was really, I was sort of explaining on one of our lives, I can't remember when, the significance of Jordan actually expressing such a strong sort of opinion yeah. or stance on anything, because they're, they are the Switzerland of the Middle East. They do try and, and they, there's a, for good reason, that's not a criticism, it's because they actually house... The, and, Which is where my father's from. They right. house an they house a population Three and of and Palestinians million. that's larger than mm. the Gaza Strip. Um, so Donna do Powell. You know, sorry. Do you know what? Also, King Abdullah, who I've spoken about before, we we all had that young summer together. Mm. King Abdullah that I met in a him and his friends that I met in um in my one of my family's hotels in Jordan. And we just had this summer, we went to the palace, we were on the boats, you know, me and my cousin. And he was just so young and like free and you know he'd been brought up in in american england he was at sandhurst when i met him and i was just i was just so struck at the weight on his shoulders now it was just massive just so many mixed up feelings mm. you know and i mm. am half arab and i feel it you know i feel it i feel connected deeply connected to that region and even our daughters do we're only quarter up we just we just do and we want we, we just want peace surely there must be a way that all these people can live together I nobody's don't... been able to sort it out in 75 years though well that's why we're not going to sort it out now no, but we're not going to sort it out now. no and also there's it's stupid for anyone to think that we can't donna power asks a good question why are the media so biased would like nadia's take on it why is nobody standing up for the palestinian people before before i just want to explain something about this which I think is really dangerous. It's really dangerous to describe every Israeli as anti-Palestine because they aren't for, mm. for sure. I mean, there was a uh, there was a huge pressure group of um, Israeli Jewish um, members of the population in America who, who were protesting outside the White House, mm. who are anti-Israel's uh, policy in in the Palestinian sort of territories. Um, and, it, you know, so that, that's really important. But I think what's happened here is there's a conflation of if you are sympathetic at all to Palestinian civilians, you're in somehow or some way saying that Hamas are right uh, are all right and Hamas, it wasn't as bad and you're somehow supporting Hamas. That's not the case at all. I think we've Quite lost the, sight we've of lost humanity sight of yeah. if we say that because we are not talking about the Israeli government and Hamas. We are talking about the people being torn apart in the middle of this. Mm. And anybody that wants to 
you know, wants to attack somebody for just having these human feelings. They need to look at their own humanity, I think. Natasha Milchin in Israel. I'm sorry, guys, but you talk about it as though Israel's had its moment, as Mark has previously put it, but our hostages are still... Have, no, no, have, no, 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 Haven't no. suggested that at mm -mm. all. We weren't talking about that just yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just today... Just... I'm talking about it from my position and from my father yeah. being Jordan and my parents supposedly flying out there next week yeah. and our concerns around that. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we are not aware of the hostages. Now, and, and I think Mark's done that very fairly every day. And also the really important point about the hostages is the hostages, which are a living, breathing, live, active, really dangerous, Why is the government traumatic... bombing the hell out of where they could be? You know, if I was the family of the hostages, I would be saying, stop for the love of God. So absolutely not. So just to clarify that, Natasha, no. but also the other point to really, really stress here, and this is where it gets really difficult for both on each side of the equation to not, not fall into the trap of just feeling fury, is that there are countless, countless Palestinian families who will feel likewise that prior to even this awful event, they have suffered their own equivalences to the hostage crisis. You know, they, they'll have had deaths, they'll have been sniper shots, they'll have been people shot, they'll have been, you know. You know, it, if you keep going back to what started first, you just keep going further and further back. It means that no two wrongs make a right. Sharon, exactly. It's, ceasefire, it's, it's, ceasefire Ceasefire now. is Stop. what's needed. Because the ceasefire is important for those Israeli hostages. I mean, if we just don't think about those people that are, you know, are in Gaza with no electricity, no supplies, no food, and the UN not allowing any in, if we don't consider that, let's consider the Israeli hostages that are also being bombed. Mm. Cease fire. Let's stop the rage. We can have the anger and we can want change because we're angry about everything that's happened but we can stop the rage because the rage is is tipping the balance i mean jordan won't meet biden egypt iran raging this is unbelievably dangerous where we are now and we need to just I mean, well, I don't know anything about, I mean, who am I? I'm just saying this from a, well, a mum's point of view. Yeah, I'm just yeah, like, sure, can we just sure. stop? I, just, I, I, I just, just think, and I just think there oh. has to be an absolute, but I think we mustn't, I think one thing everyone mustn't do is weaponize the ability to talk about innocent yeah. civilians on either side, side of this awful, awful conflict. Because, you know, you're right to to ignore the, the fact that this is a living, breathing, active crisis for many, many Israeli families and the is Israeli people is, you know, of course. Natasha, can we ask you that, actually? How are the Israeli people feeling about the bombing with those hostages still in there? Mm, yeah, is there a because, sense that that's the right way to get yeah, them out? Yeah, because if you think of it just from, you know, from the personal level, if it was our, mm. it was our family member hostage in there, I would be screaming for it to stop. Has there been, is there a, is there a, is there a call from that to Netanyahu on from that angle mm. in Israel? I mean, Natasha's talked a lot, Milton has yeah. talked a lot about not, you know, I know you're not a fan of, of Netanyahu. I, I, you know what, I really oh, wish- Oh, don't get you wrong. No, 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 we love you, we love you. <laughs> She <laughs> don't get me oh, wrong. No, 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 no. no, but no, but it's really, it's just really important really because important. I think we, we've we really, it's, it's been incumbent totally on me, I felt in the last couple of days to absolutely stress the fact that there is an absolute equivalence. I think what gets forgotten, what can get forgotten is that in the intensity and awfulness of this terrorist attack by terrorists, 
um, we don't seek to understand the, the, that it didn't come from a vacuum of nowhere. Yeah. We don't like it. It's awful. It's the most abhorrent expression of hate. But I've said it many times before, we, you know, we have to understand what happens. I, I was using the analogy with the kids of you hem in, say, 200 adolescents. And, you know, most of the Palestinian population is young. 50%, um, under 50. Hem, hem them in for two, 200 of them. Not all of them. In fact, the vast majority of them aren't going to lash out, regardless of what conditions you keep them in. But don't be surprised if a small minority of them do in a most vicious way. And if they do, of course, you slam the behaviour. But if you don't look at why it's happened, you're never going to get an answer to this. And my real worry here is that I do think, I do worry, and I do hope that behind the scenes, Biden and if Sunak landing has got anything to say, I think one of the things they have to really be saying to Netanyahu and the Israeli government is this. Do not offer a fool's gold solution to your own population that by going in and hitting hard, mm. you might you might be able to literally winkle out, you, unlikely, but you might be able to winkle out every single Hamas member, if that's your aim. But if you do, in another 10 years, Who it'll be Hamas in another name. This, you know, I've been seeing a lot of um, videos of young children, such innocence, going, they came and they were like, and we were just getting, I was getting my football and they bought, and all my family got, and I'm looking at that child and I'm thinking, at the moment you've got real fear and panic and innocence, but what will that become in 10 years time? Mm. And that's, that's what, what's the future? You know, and it, it I, for me, I think it just makes it, if I was living in Israel, I would be even more scared about that. You know, and that's why I think, you know, if we could get to a place of ceasefire and if we could get to some sort of, like, mm. sympathy to both sides with the innocence, you know, but at the moment, I just think we're creating more and more and more horror down the line. Just a couple of kind of... I just want to share a couple of sort of details, sort of, like, just kind of informational details, really. I posted on my Instagram last night frustration with the United Nations. The United Nations tried to pass, or Brazil tabled a proposal for some kind of a pause in all hostilities to gain humanitarian aid into the area. The US vetoed it. Uh, the UK abstained from it. Now, the reasoning for that, and I said, you know, West hang their heads in shame. I just think we have to almost kind of forget about the, the language being used here. You need to, the humanitarian crisis is so extreme that you have to actually literally have a ceasefire and a pause before we start. But the reason the US uh, vetoed it, they say, is because there was no mentioning in the proposal at the UN that Israel had the right to self-defence. And, you know, no one is saying that Israel doesn't have the right to self-defence, but it, was, it just strikes me as perverse, perversely cruel that you can't sign up to an agreement that's a temporary agreement to get humanitarian aid, and then you could return to Israel has the right to self-defense. I just so the US vetoed this, the UK abstained from it, so it didn't move. And just want to quickly say, I do find it a little bit frustrating that Joe Biden's somehow claiming some massive victory here by having a phone call with the uh, the head of Egypt and saying potentially tomorrow. Right, look, think of the scale of the problem here: over a million people displaced. Right. He's, what's the deal that Biden's got with Egypt, which is being pr promoted everywhere as if it's some big, big achievement? 20 trucks. 20. Tw think about 20 trucks. That would take two minutes for them all to pass the front of our house. 20 trucks will go through tomorrow from Egypt if 
They can fill the potholes on the road fill the that, pot that obviously Israel have That's bombarded. Which is why it's closed, because it's been bombarded. Then, only if those 20 trucks humanitarian aid is used for the right purposes, will they potentially let in another 20 trucks. That's like using that to stop it. It's just not enough. But then tying it up in so many caveats that it's actually impossible. So it's not a deal. It's not a deal. It's not something that, you know, Biden should run around going, I've done something amazing. There needs but to be see, an immediate ceasefire. Mm, but you see, it's so good. You've drilled into it. You've looked, what is this? But actually, it's the headline. The headline everyone is, believe. now everyone Biden, thinks humanitarian aid Biden has been... Biden has yeah. put humanitarian aid in there. It's not enough. It's mm. not enough. And uh, look, we acknowledge, totally get it from Israel's point of view. Israel's concern, why is there a concern from Israel? You have to look at it from both sides. Israel's concern and, the, and Israel's argument about their, their forever control, if you like, of the borders of Palestine is the fear that military stuff and stuff is smuggled in and that these kind of attacks can happen. And that's where the crisis happens. I was suggesting yesterday that when we get way beyond the heat, potentially, hopefully, of this crisis, I think there needs to be this kind of deal tested, where the United Nations are brought in to monitor with a sanctioned Palestinian security force and an Israeli part of the Israeli army that isn't sort of absolutely sort of, you know, fervently anti-Palestinian, because there are huge swathes, don't get it, just because it's a uniformed army doesn't mean that you don't get extremists in it, that they manage a test area, a test border region between Palestine and Israel, and they literally test relinquishing controls, but monitor it so that free movement could happen and see what happens. It's the only way I think it could happen. What a waste that you don't work for the United Nations. No, 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 but for Israel, I can see, I could hear the risk. But if you've got international personnel in there to monitor it and manage it and actually have the, have the, have the agreements in place, so then people can't then thump Israel if Israel go, look, we agreed to this, we tried it. I think on both sides, there needs to be compromise, there needs to be some suggestion of let's try this. Literally, you know, rather than building a wall like Trump, why don't we remove a wall for like 100 metres and you have a test stationing point managed by the UN that allows more freedom of movement so that at least the Palestinians don't feel so trapped. Something, something. This is the only way, I think it's the only way that you're gonna be able to, you know, resolve this historical problem, really. I just, you know. Anyway, sorry, so Rishi Sunak's over there, like. Um, oh. Yeah. oh, well, oh. That, that'll sort everything oh. out. Yeah, brilliant, Superman. Okay, so sorry, we spent much longer on that than we, we were going to, but I think it was really good that, um, uh, that you talked about it from your dad's perspective. I think your dad, it will have really, this is hitting people of both well, sides my, of the and equation. And my families that are Palestinian yeah, yeah. as well. You know, it's, it's I, you know, I'm just very, very mindful. I'm very, very mindful in what I say because I, you know, I only speak from the heart. Like you say, it's probably the most complicated political situation you can imagine. And I think there's a lot of people spouting stuff without knowing it, reposting stuff without mm. knowing what they're saying. And I know my limitations on it. I just come from a place of, Humanity, I hope. Okay, let's talk about gay. The the gay word. As You're a so gay. Yeah. This, oh, this is so gay. So this is the woman, well, I have to confess, I haven't been watching it, but this is Kerry in Big Brother, who um, has been branded as awful, I guess, by people on, on Twitter and what have you, um, for, uh, for using... Twitter a, branding. Yeah, yeah, which journalists just lean on. They just love it. Lazy journalists. But anyway, this is, this is a moment in the house. Some of you may have seen this. I think they had to do a camping thing or something and they decided to hide her bed or move her bed or something. And she used the phrase, something along the lines of, it's so gay, or, well, this is gay, she said, uh, when she was ang angry. She said, this is gay. 
And of course, she's, I think she's been cautioned. And I think a number of people have, you know, wondered whether she should be pulled out. Um, but yeah, so this is ca capturing a few headlines. And this is, this, I think this goes to the heart of something that you thought, Nadia, about bringing in a sort of real cross-section of sort of everyday people who maybe aren't plugged into the social media world of mm. hot, hot topics and hot mics and what you should and shouldn't say and all that kind of stuff. And also, a lot of people just have the old-fashioned language and don't actually mean harm and don't understand offence we are still learning about loads of things that we've said that we didn't know was offensive. Mm. It's always about going, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I had no idea, tell me, and mm. then learning. So I thought this would be a good thing to talk about because I think a lot of people that say, oh, you're so gay, don't actually say it. We've actually no idea of how that leaves a person feeling. So you, you feel quite strongly about this growing up with a a gay mum, mm. and feeling very embarrassed about that at school, weren't you? You were yeah. mortified by it. Absolutely. Lee Dorrance said, so if I ask, are you gay, is that wrong? No. It's not about asking if you're gay. It's like, this is so gay. To, to, to use the... What, what's I think, used I in think schools? It is, I don't think it is acceptable to ask somebody if they're gay. Is it not? No. Oh, right, I didn't know that. Um, is it not? Yeah. No, it's not. Oh, I didn't know. That. You're not supposed to. I suppose. I, I suppose everyone in, in in my life, childhood, and everything would talk about their sexuality. I suppose you didn't even necessarily need to ask. I, yeah, I guess so. Um, so gay is mean and mad. Asks me. No, I think the way in which she's used it here is, is and it's how it's used in schools is. Oh, you're so gay, or this is so gay, or it's so gay. So, so if you're if you're silently you know, gay, at, if you're silently gay at school and you're hearing on a regular basis as the, you know, the insult is, the best insult is you're gay. Oh my God, that's gonna be horrible, isn't it? Mm, mm, absolutely. Now, when I was young, to be fair, I think I've given you a bit of a bum stare. I, the, the phrase you're so gay or that's gay wasn't used. When I was at school, oh, people... Are you people sure? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was never said. What was oh, said to me was, you must be gay because your mum's gay. Um, and, but over the years, when I've heard, you know, the phrase used, it, it has become, weirdly, one of those words that people feel it's all potentially all right to use in a kind of... I don't know, you know, oh, oh, that's, so that's a bit weak. Yes, that's a bit weak or that's a bit insipid. Totally or that's a bit, means, you know, yeah, yeah. The, in, the insult is that you're weak, that you're pathetic, that you are... Yeah, I mean, it's a horrible terminology, the way when it's used like that. Mm. Of course, there's like, oh, this is so gay. Like, could be camp, could be like, oh, this is just wonderfully gay, wonderfully camp. Um, but I think a lot of kids at school, it's just so much the lingo. They just mm. say it without ever even thinking about mm. it. Mm. But I do remember, I mean, you know, and I think, the, I suppose the question, the thing that I, mean, I was interested in from my own experience is why is it such a... Why could it be seen as such a loaded insult for youngsters? And I think that, that speaks to the still embedded yeah. kind of prejudice homophobia. and homophobia that, you know, speaketh no name. Because as the child of a gay parent, when it was said to me, I remember as a youngster being... And, and it's funny how as you, I moved through education, I went to college, all these worries just literally fell away from me. And it, there was no mm. worry at all. I couldn't care less. To the point where it almost got to the point where I really hope people think I am gay because I don't want them to think I'm a stupid heterosexual nasty man. So what did you feel when people oh, say I, you're gay? I ran for cover. Because what emotionally, did, what I ran did you for cover. think they were saying about you? I, well, I didn't. Well, if I interrogate it, I can't even begin to because I didn't. 
I knew it wasn't wrong, but I knew it was different. And I think that's what it was. Yeah. I just didn't want to be marked as different. I felt different enough that I didn't have a dad. I felt different enough that it was a single parent. I, I felt, it felt, I made things complicated for myself by saying that my mum's girl, my mum's long-standing girlfriend from the age of 12 until 16, Look at, listen to this, to cover my sort of, it wasn't embarrassed, and again, it's really important to stress this, it wasn't an embarrassment about homosexuality. I understood the politics, I understood the, the freedom and the need for equality. We were on march, but in, in amongst your peer group, this wasn't understood or tolerated. And yeah, the suggestion was, I didn't want to be told I was something I wasn't, which yeah, I just felt strongly about. And I didn't want an assumption to be made, but I said to everyone that my mum's girlfriend was her sister. Mm. which became intensely complicated when people came around and realised that my mum slept with her sister in the same oh, room. Oh, God. So then you had a massive light. And, and then like, and that's when friends started to go, I don't know if oh, I want to come round. Oh, because they said she, she has sex so, with, his, with her sister. There's an so I think oh, people God. think, yeah, I made it deeply complicated. Somebody just said there, I, I don't understand it because she's friends with Jenkin, which is exactly the point. She is probably, she is, I mean, I haven't watched enough of it. She's probably not homophobic. You well, know, Elliot, it's, Elliot it's about... says she's not one of the nicest in there. She's not the nicest in there, which I think feeds the anger. Yeah. Her saying this hasn't helped the way she's coming across. Yes. They were right to pull her up on it, I think. Yeah, the right to pull her up on it. And, you know, and this is what I've said, hasn't it, about this new series of Big Brother. There's going to be an awful lot of this because people... You know, a lot of people don't know the new language yet. And that I do worry about because I do think people could be really picked on mm. who, aren't, who aren't bad people, who haven't got bad intention, but just say the wrong thing. OK, well, here's a different one. I mean, God, I could sweat at the thought of the things that I, that I could say that would be the wrong thing. I mean, I'm learning, but, you know. I suppose the other, I suppose the other aspect around all of this is it's, it's all right for someone who's gay to use, to use the phrase, it, or is it in a pejorative or a negative way? Is it though? Is it necessarily? Or is that a received kind of prejudice? You know that idea, you know, thing that struck me well, is always really you're weird. Always, if you're always doing it because, you know, it's a bit like if you're really so overweight fun. and you're constantly yes. going, oh, well, I'm yeah. so fat. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's like trying to get that in before anyone or can Or drinking say it. more and just going, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's batting away any potential problems. Because I think a lot of people have mentioned here about the origins of the word gay is have a gay day and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I'll tell you something I found so odd. I had to conceal from my grandparents. I mean, when I say had to, I was doing it for my mum. She asked me not to, to say anything. Uh, her, my mum's sexuality. So there was this curious situation where I really felt like I just couldn't, you know, if even if there were things going wrong, I didn't, I couldn't, open, I couldn't tell. I didn't talk about my mum's relationship. I'd go kind of weird and quiet. And what I found really contradictory, I don't know if anyone else found this, who is either gay or the child of a gay parent. They'd be watching mainstream entertainment. They would love Larry Grayson. They would love uh, Liberace. They would love all these kind of gay, gender sort of fluid, essentially, entertainers, which they loved. I I'd be watching this stuff going, why? And I literally remember thinking one time, why can't I talk to them about my mum being gay when they love all these gay presenters? Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And so I never really weird understood that. It's a weird contradiction. And so I suppose gay, you know, for my nan, gay was fun. <laughs> but um, I do, oh look, oh, I wanted to read that. Cambo, uh, where's your previous comment, Cambo? I like this. You said, oh yeah, when my sister was at school, she called Les, she was called Leza constantly. Oh, 18 God. years later, all those people who said this are so drawn to her now because she's just genuinely cool and sure of herself as a gay woman. Wow. 
I, sometimes I wonder if it's a little bit like the N-word, you know, when it's like in music and stuff like that. It's that sort of, it's all right. Within if, your own. Within well, your it's own like culture. me sometimes when I say when I say things about uh, Arabs, and it's because I'm like totally You're feel Arabic. comfortable with that because I'm Arabic. Yeah. But I wonder if in the past when I said it, it was because I was fearful of what people actually thought. Because there was a time in the 80s where, oh my God, I mean, yeah. the Arabs were just like, well, yeah. Well, right the way through, but but so I would say it to, to deflect mm. it, you know. Right, we missed. We're running out of time. We missed menopause, International Menopause Day. Tell us about it. Tell us. Tell, tell, not, us, tell us about, not tell us about subject. it. Tell us about why it's important that we. It's important that we say that we missed it because it isn't important. It's, it's important that it happened. We missed it yesterday, right? Well, just think. I just think. When I think back, that like when I went into menopause was only what, what, what am I now? Was only like 10, 10 12 years ago. Mm. And all of us, me, Kay, you know, all the, all the women that were sort of going into it together, really, and loose women, none of us knew anything about it. Right, right, yeah. None of us knew anything about it. I, I went 10 years with HRT and I regret it. I wish I'd had it mm. back then. And, um, you know, like the younger loose women are always saying, God, I'd never heard a word about this. I didn't know. Some people get really scared about it, some young women, because there's so much said about what is tough about it. Mm. And what you have to remember is wh when there's all those symptoms being talked about, not everybody has all those symptoms and some people have no symptoms. So it doesn't mean that you're going to fall into a vat of hell, mm. which I think is important to start keep saying because... A lot of people actually have become, you know, sometimes when you go, awareness is good, but not too much awareness. Well, I, that's um, what I was going to say. It's weird how often people often say this thing that's happened with ADHD where they go, oh, look, it's been gone on. These are, these are constants. <laughs> these yeah. aren't, they, these yeah, aren't, these aren't say, moments. When are people going to stop talking about menopause? Yeah. Never. Yeah, no, because, it's part of life. because it's part of life and yeah. the school system isn't doing enough to inform and educate yeah. men and women because it's not just a women's subject. Because... Every man has some kind of a relationship with a woman, whether that be their mother or a wife, whatever, mm. you have a relationship with a woman. And it has a, a huge, it can have a huge impact mentally and will physically, even when you can't see it. And um, I do feel really sorry for people that, that don't want to, to take HRT or can't take HRT, women with maybe with, like, my, all my friends with oestrogen, mm. hungry, breast cancer, can't take HRT, and it's really, really difficult for them, and we need to be finding out more and more about... But, you know, women's health goes to the bottom of the list all the time. But I just thought I would just quickly just talk about this, because we're going to do a podcast. So that is testosterone. You cannot get that on the NHS, this one, Right. right? You have to be, you have to buy it. And you see some women, like literally, they slice this open, they get every last bit out wow. because of how much it costs. Wow. And because life is so, so different for them without it. Now, wow. I think it's only about, I think it's only 48% of women that use testosterone that have, that feel they have effects. I had an effect this I started What'd with you do it, with it. I started with it just a little about that much onto the thigh just here every morning. Right. But um but for different people it'd be different doses, of course. You always have to consult a doctor. But um this was the missing link for me. I started on progesterone and oestrogen. I found it really difficult. I'm still struggling with progesterone, to be honest. 
But um, in what way? I fat because I've always found progesterone hard to tolerate, even when I was young and I was on the pill. Mm. It's just something about me and progesterone. Well, when you say hard to tolerate, how does that? What, what do you mean? Well, your, because your most doesn't... people will swallow it every day, but I have to put it somewhere else. Oh, I see. Every other day. Oh, right. Okay. And then, then getting the right balance of it, so I have quite often will have breakthrough bleeding, and it's it it can be a bit of a, a bit of a problem. But the missing link was the testosterone, because for me, that was if you if you have because when they did my blood test, they said you've got no testosterone. Hmm. She said to me, "I wonder how you're walking around," because the exhaustion that comes that four o'clock and finished. I just wouldn't imagine doing anything after four o'clock. Um, you will ha not have any sex drive if you don't have any testosterone. Same for men. It's the same for men. It's the same for men. I think we should talk... That doesn't mean that you don't fancy your partner anymore, but you do not have the sex drive. See, I think people will confuse that with the idea of what Viagra does or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Sim no, no, it's not. It's well, no, 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 won't make not you fancy, It won't make you... Fancy it, someone. Yeah, it won't... You won't be turned on by somebody you wouldn't be turned on otherwise. Right, by. it doesn't... Yeah, okay. No. I think it might be worth doing uh, maybe a How to Stay Married, like you were suggesting, a chat with uh, someone who could talk... Obviously, predominantly, it's the menopause is a female issue, but also just nibbling at the edges of what it can do for men. Because, I mean, I never... Until you said that, I didn't even think... I mean, I don't have a problem with my sex drive, but I will, I might do, one but day. you might and, have and, other things going on for you. Well, with, maybe with my sex drive is half of what it should be, which and is what frightening. I, what I didn't realise was that you can have gone through menopause, like you'll go through menopause and, and you won't have oestrogen... But I didn't realise that some people don't actually need testosterone because they're still producing it in some oh, women. I see. Oh, I so see. not everybody needs it. Can I tell you one of the most important things I found? I just want to say one thing. But there is a testosterone that you can get on the National Health that isn't this one. But it has to. But you have to bloody beg for it. And it's, I just think that's outrageous. It's like my menopause well, woman said, women's bodies need three hormones, progesterone, estrogen, testosterone. What, who was the wise guy that decided we'd only give him two? That's what Dr. Louise Newsom said to me. <laughs> it's like, why are we not allowed to have this one? And some women are using their their partner's testosterone because they can't get hold of it. Well, not, not, not grafted or taken from their body. No, no. Oh, from I see. So the way you sound that, it made it sound but, like there was you know, some... I wouldn't recommend that. You have to have, you have to have properly tested and know what your body needs. Can I just say, one of, I think one of the things that I think is really, it's kind of dawned on me only in the sort of last two or three months. I think one of the most, you know, these awareness things, I think is really important what you said about how people get really sort of, oh, haven't we had enough mental health awareness? Oh, haven't we had, well, insofar as, have we had enough, have you had enough of being a human? Because if, if you haven't, then yeah, this is cyclical. This is Have we had enough talking about diets? Have fitness, we had exercise? Yeah. Or what kind of a cold you've got, or the boredom of the weather and all that kind of shit. Come on. Um, no, one of the things that I found menopause awareness has really, really, really helped me with, and I don't know if anyone else feels this, is that actually, um, actually, um, there's a... Oh, sorry, I was confused by that message from Maddie. Um, what was I saying? You said, you were saying, um, oh, what, what's, what's no, been good one, for you one, with sorry, awareness sorry, yeah, around menopause? Yeah. The, the really good thing for me around awareness has been, historically, it's allowed me to go back through my life and look at members of our families from different generations. I think Sir Eleanor Flame, someone, Eleanor Frame, nobody said the word menopause growing up. And I think this is really important. No, I think this is really I've important. Because I think we can all probably remember, certainly older people, uh, people of our age and older, will have had, I was thinking of your mum talking about her mum, actually, uh, Betty talking about her mum. We her all have days, had yeah. quite troubling or perhaps quite limited or kind of cold or, or awkward relationships with relatives way, way, way back in the past. 
And I find things like menopause awareness and sort of almost, you know, also the thing around sort of postnatal depression, all these things really help potentially provide answers and explanations and soften a kind of judgment that I think we all have on old relatives. You know, we'll often say things like, oh, yeah, I love my nan, but she was a bit this. Actually, what was she going through? Yeah, what was she going through? It's like Kay and I were talking about this the other day. She goes, do you remember, there'd be women a certain age and they'd just become miserable and tired. Yeah. And, And written off. Yeah. And that's just so awful. Mm. It's just so awful. And the other thing is, there has been over the years so many women that were put on antidepressants, which apart from anything else, are more expensive for the National Health Service than HRT. And they're put on antidepressants because they're told that they're depressed and that's why they don't want sex. Or mm. they're depressed and that's why they feel tired. And actually, their body is starving for the, for the, um, you know, the hormones that they mm. need. So the more the better and people can always switch off if they don't want to listen yeah. I've just noticed Faith has asked me quite a few times there about keeping the patch on so I put my patch I'll show you it I put my patch here so that goes that side then that side and the thing to do is I always get some if you've got some toner facial toner and I just wipe the skin with that first because yours is falling off, right? Like an hour price record sticker. Yeah. That so, never comes off quite. So that it's, it's totally clear. Let it just dry a bit. Somebody said to me they use surgical spirit, but wouldn't that hurt? Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, because you put it on your ears. Surgical spirit, another thing. And um, just peel it off without touching it and slap it on. There you go. Hour price. Dawny Harvey, I'm sure the menopause was the reason my partner and I ended two menopausal women. One of whom could not have HRT. It was a nightmare. That's what your mum says, isn't it? Lesbians, it's so hard. My mum and Liz. Both of you are having a menopause at the same time. Yeah, mum, you and Lizzie, my God. Yeah. It's like, okay, we didn't get a chance, though. It's in the the title. Adele gets sober. Um, This is interesting. I thought what was interesting about this, just quickly, as we're sat in the middle of sober October. Stoptober? Stoptober? Yeah. Um, Do go and check out on my Instagram my little kind of... uh, a little kind of rattling through the pros and cons of Stoptober and October. Um, she says in an interview, I was borderline, or in her performance actually, I was a borderline alcoholic for quite a lot of my 20s. But she says and admits, it's boring. I miss it so much. Do you know what? I think you should do a whole thing on this on your Instagram. What? About this. Because there are so many people that are struggling and want to give up. And... Too often it's just like you're just told, oh, it's all amazing and you'll feel brilliant. But you will often say, it's fucking boring. No, go, to go, drink. Go. But then how, what do you do with that? Well, I think sometimes, I think if you go, if you do check out my, I, I ran through a checklist of the pros and cons or the pros of, really of Stoptober. And I take a very gallows humour to it. And I always have done about sobriety. Because I, last thing I want to do is sit there at the end of a table, wringing my hands in a state of purity, kind of telling everyone that what they're missing out on is the, is the golden light of some, fuck that shit. What a load of old nonsense. I would much rather not be getting annihilated drunk, though that's where I'd end up. Like last night, for example, I really, 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 not because anyone was doing it, it was a very sober, kind of just very calm, but Dina's birthday, we all sat around. I just wanted a drink, not for for any other reason other than I wanted to artificially trigger my energy in a different direction, because sometimes it's really hard to go to do it all the kind of heavy lifting to get yourself to the right place, because you want to actually have a laugh. It's not because you want to sit there, not with... I, when she says it's boring, I think you can, there's no contradiction in being able to say this. Being sober can be fucking boring, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be sober. Because being drunk 
can be really fucking boring too. It's not Gosh. about the alcohol, believe there is me. There's no boredom like yeah. a boring drunk. It, it really isn't about the alcohol. But I just think sometimes it's really, really refreshing mm. to hear someone say, and I don't necessarily know if that's why she was saying, but I, I don't know if she's saying that's because she's struggling to, to, to not drink, that she finds it boring. And, and it, well, what very I difficult. was interested in as well, but maybe we'll talk about this another time, it was I wonder if people will take against her for this, like they did when she lost weight. So it's a bit like, but you're Adele. You're from yeah. like, you're from like South London. Mm. You get pissed. You know, you get pissed like we do. You know, you struggle with your weight like we do. And um, those sorts of shifts often an audience finds really difficult to deal with, don't they? But that, thank you, Natasha. That's very sweet of you. I, Which I, would happen within friendship groups as yeah, well. Yeah, but you've had that. Rep- I mean, because you're off the telly, you had that reputational thing with members of the public and with people you work with. But I wasn't off the telly, but I had that reputational. Uh, aspect to all of my friendships, which is why so many of them vaporised, is that, you know, in a sense, you know, what is Mark unless he's getting drunk? Which, of course, think about now, that. Now, who are we? No, no, if no. If he's sitting looking at us sober, that's the No, thought. but if you then go back into what is the reason you drank and that that narrative, that evil voice of what, what are you if you don't drink? How can you be any of the... That's the voice. That's the horrible voice of the addiction in me. But of course, when it's reflected back at you, when you stop drinking by a bunch of people who go, oh, actually, you're not half as much fun. I wonder if any of those friends of yours have ever watched Coffee Money. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cambo, as a non-drinker, I have to defend it all the time. But if, ne- yeah, but I never so... have to defend also not taking drugs. We've said it so many times. Oh, I'm terribly drug... sorry. I can't have any um, heroin have to tonight. I'm doing a run in the morning. I'm really, really sorry. I can't smoke that big bat spliff. Only I'm driving her. You, 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 you know. And yet, people yeah. that don't drink have to lie all the time. They have to pretend yeah. that they're driving or pretend they've got a run in the morning or pretend that they're yeah. on antibiotics. You know, and it's not fair. Good point, good point, Campbell. As we often, we often say, I don't know if you've seen any of our stuff about alcoholism and addiction. We often say it's the, it, alcohol is the only drug that you actually have to apologise to others for not indulging in. With yeah, them. if I mean, you're new to this channel, yeah. there's lots of content because mm. Mark is, we should have said at the beginning, actually, Mark's 18 years sober. Well, hang on a minute. Next Saturday, I'm 19 years sober. Yay! It's my sober birthday next Saturday. Are we doing a live Curly Cooks? Maybe we could do something non-sober. Yes. On the, what was it, the 28th? Did we like? I don't know, you've suddenly gone still. No, I was just thinking just about really something that I had <laughs> oh. planned to do. Oh, sober, I see, sorry. But now I've realised I can't do it because you'll be filming. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Okay, anyway, guys, have a lovely, another happy birthday to Christos. Bless you, mate. Love you. And um, I'll drop you a line big, after big this. Big, happy birthday. Big, happy birthday. Hi to everyone. Lovely to see new names there. Thanks, Cambo. Love to see you popping up. Thank you, Natasha Milton, for all of your input from Israel. I mean, you know. Yeah, we it, love that you are that you are here, yeah, and we no. we we and we love to be challenged. And hi, Jeremy. Um, we love. Yeah. We love all kinds of conversations with you guys. Absolutely. So please always hand us that. And just to say, just to say that the final little uh, trip round, um, is it Studland? Yeah. Studland is coming later today. Don't forget to subscribe. Bye.